Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 218 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Corinthians chapter 5 today and our focus is on, well, it's actually on several things. We're going to talk about some pretty deep and tough topics. We're going to talk about how the church must discipline its members, how Christians must not ever judge those who aren't Christians, and when Christians should judge and when they shouldn't. And finally, could Paul be in two places at once? So a lot of things to talk about. I do want to welcome new listeners in Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic, Sindh, Pakistan, Gujarat, India, Laguna, Philippines, London, England, New York, New York, San Francisco, California, Cincinnati, Ohio, San Luis Obispo, California, or slow, New Heaven, Connecticut, and Nuke, Greenland. Wow, Nuke, Greenland, right? I told my wife earlier that we had a new subscriber in Greenland this weekend. She wasn't impressed at all, but I will tell you, I am very impressed. So welcome aboard, my Greenlander friend. Tell your friends and neighbors in Nuke, which, if you don't know, is the largest city in Greenland at about 23,000 people. And if you go look at some pictures of Nuke, that's in UUK, it has some of the prettiest colored houses in the world, and it's a little cold. August's average high is 50 degrees Fahrenheit, and I believe that's the warmest month of the year. In fact, Greenland is so cold that there's barely any trees there. But don't ask me about Nuke. Don't ask me about Greenland. Ask our new friend there. Thank you all for listening. Please tell other your friends and neighbors about the show. Our website is Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. First, a short rabbit trail. In today's passage, we find one of the 25 most mysterious Bible passages in the Word, at least to me. The Apostle Paul says to the Corinthian church in verses 3 and 4, Even though I am absent in the body, I am present in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who has been doing such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus, and I am with you in spirit... With the power of our Lord Jesus, and we'll read the rest of that in a minute, but what I want to point out to you is Paul saying, I'm with you in spirit. I'm already there. Even though he's absent in the body, he's present in the spirit. Now, is Paul using figurative language there, like somewhere along the lines of what we might say when we say, I'm with you in spirit, like, I'd love to be there, I care, but, you know, I won't literally, physically or consciously be there in any way. That's usually what we moderns mean when you we say, I'm with you in spirit. We'd like to be there. We want to be there. But we won't be there. Now, I suppose it's possible that Paul is using that kind of figurative language here, but he says it kind of multiple times and so matter-of-factly, I tend to think something more is meant by him uh, saying what he said, more than just simply, hey, I'm thinking about you, And that means I'm sort of like almost being there. I read as matter of fact as possible. It seems Paul is saying that he is there among the Corinthians in some sort of spiritual way. And that reminds me of something Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, where he says, We are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. In fact, we are confident and we would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Well, 2 Corinthians 5 seems quite clear. Paul is saying that during the intermediate time between death and Jesus' return, 
uh, when he will reunite the believer's body and spirit, that Paul is saying that his spirit would be in a very tangible and real way with the Lord. He's not speaking figuratively in 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. He's speaking of tangibly being in the presence of the Lord, but in the spirit, not in the body. Because after we die, according to the Apostle Paul, our body will be in the ground until Jesus returns, but our spirit will be with the Lord. So I can't help but wonder if Paul is speaking in a similar way in 1 Corinthians 5. Most people would assume he's using some sort of figurative language there, but I honestly think it might be more than that. Well, alas, let's move on to more tangible and much more important matters. So the Apostle Paul in our passage today in 1 Corinthians 5 asks one of the most profound questions in the entire Bible. He asks, what business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Now, this is a question that I wish more Christians and Christian leaders had asked themselves over the last few hundred years. Christians have often railed with anger against the practices of those who are not saved by Jesus, decrying this or that sinful habit or lifestyle, or expressing displeasure with it in various ways, as if somebody who doesn't know Jesus could control themselves better, I guess. Now, it may be that we should take Paul's question a bit more to heart. It sounds like we as Christians have absolutely no business judging those outside the church. Now, that doesn't mean we don't proclaim the whole counsel of God's word, but it does seem to be a prohibition on judging those who are not Christians. But what about Christians? Didn't Jesus say not to judge completely? Well, he did. In Matthew 7, 1, he says, uh, judge, don't judge, and you will not be judged. In Luke 6, it's a little more expanded. He says, do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And we see that kind of rule repeated several places throughout Scripture. Generally speaking, we Christians are not to judge. But in today's passage, we are given an exception by the Apostle Paul. Surprisingly, there are times when a Christian should judge. Don't believe me? Well, let's read the passage and we'll find out together. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality, immorality among you and the kind of sexual immorality that is not even tolerated among the Gentiles. A man is sleeping with his father's wife and you are arrogant. Shouldn't you be filled with grief and remove from your congregation the one who did this? Even though I am absent in the body, I am present in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already pronounced judgment on the one who has been doing such a thing when you are assembled in the name of our Lord Jesus and I am with you in spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus. Hand that one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough? Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new unleavened batch, and as indeed you are. For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us observe the feast not with old leaven or with the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. I did not mean the immoral people of this world or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters. Otherwise, you would have to leave the world. 
But actually, I wrote you not to associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister and is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater or verbally abusive, a drunkard or a swindler. Do not even eat with such a person. For what business is it of mine to judge outsiders? Don't you judge those who are inside. God judges outsiders. Remove the evil person among you. So I would like to point out that even in this situation that Paul is talking about in the Corinthian church, the point of church discipline is not for the destruction of the person, it is for the salvation of the person. Well, thinking about that, consider these scenarios. A man physically assaults his wife, severely injuring her. The church leadership in deciding what to do is informed by somebody, we don't need to do anything, we shouldn't judge that man. Is that person right? Next scenario. Church denominational leaders become aware of a pattern of sexual abuse of children involving clergy, and the charges are proved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Should the church leadership sweep such charges under the rug, not judge the guilty and let them go about their business? Or should they immediately report such abuse to the criminal authorities and immediately expel the sexual assaulters from the church? Third scenario. A business owned by a church member, consistently and unrepentantly swindles people in the community. Should church leadership discipline that church member, even go so far as to disfellowship him or ask him to leave the church if he refuses to stop swindling people, or should they look the other way in favor of not being judgmental? Well, all three of those scenarios are fictional, but based on fact, and I think the answer is clear from the word of God in all three cases. According to God's word, the church should and must judge those in the church who are engaging in harmful, sinful behavior, and they are unrepentant. It may seem harsh, but the church is told to expel such people from their midst when they are not repentant. As Paul said again, I'm going to read it again, don't you judge those who are inside the church. God judges outsiders remove the evil person from among you. Now, as I said, that may seem harsh, but I would argue that when the church covers up sexual abuse scandals like the Catholic Church did and like other denominations and churches have done so, even the Southern Baptist Church, some have covered over sexual abuse in some Southern Baptist churches. When the church does that and fails to confront and discipline abusive husbands, abusive people in general, sexual assaulters, etc., and allows Unrepentant thieves and slimbers and swindlers to stay members of the church, we are being more harsh and sending a dangerous message to the community. Those who refuse to follow Jesus in his teachings, those who are abusive, harmful, inveterate thieves, etc., must be judged and put out of the church. That's what our passage today. The church is a place for sinners. It is a place for sick people. It's a place for wounded and vulnerable people. But it must never be a place where predators are allowed to prey on people in the name of the Lord. And that's what church leadership is being commissioned with here today, to protect the community, to protect the people in the church, to protect the vulnerable. That's what we have to do. That's what 1 Corinthians 5 is pointing us to today. So let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of August, which is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6. Love is patient. Love is kind. 
Love does not envy, it is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. Well, good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.